Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. You did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of cells. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the dynasty. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated no way. Nope. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with the dynasty. Yeah. Often reside with the pylons be. Yeah. Often we talking about dynasty. Yeah. Rocking with read at the times you'll see. Yeah. Out of the pocket online on me. Too much subjective is not for me. It's not for me. I'm rocking with the dynasty. Yeah. Dynasty. Locking the lineup and I don't need. Filming the fables cause finally I got all the facts. No anomaly. Yeah. Let's get it. Y'all reach his T-Rex at best. And I don't mean to go flex. I'm a dinosaurus to death. Yeah. Look, if you dino, you know. Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right, welcome back to an episode of Dynasty Kings. This is going to be your Debbie Friday episode. I am your host, Mike Valerie. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Dirty Mike. And you can find my work at campusdecan.com. Now, let me apologize. This episode is not going to be posted on a Friday. It'll be posted on a Monday. Work kept me late. Couldn't get it done. And then, you know, I want to watch some, uh, some college football on Saturday and some NFL football on Sunday. And that brings us to Monday. So, again, sorry about the delay. Uh, today's topic, we're talking about NFL team meets. So, again, not really fancy-oriented, but this can help you better predict your draft. And, your, and you can value draft picks this way. Um, last year, for example, the class was very top-heavy. The first round was great. We had Jamar Chase, like, you know, Jalen Bottle, Devontae Smith. And then, like, come, like, you know, the sixth in the class or seventh in the class, it went to, like, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then you got Amari Rogers, and then uh, Diami Brown. Like, you know, guys that you're really not excited about and you're kind of excited about. So maybe it's helped you paint a little picture on, on where some of these guys could go. Um, so we're going to talk first about quarterbacks, running backs, and then receivers. I'll talk about free agents too, by the way. Um, those guys definitely play a role in this too. Now, for quarterbacks, these are the teams that don't have a starting quarterback under contract for next year. That's going to be the Texans, uh, the Houston Texans, the Denver Broncos, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New Orleans Saints, and, well, it will be the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers restructured his contract to trade. Um, and the Texans, obviously, because Deshaun Watson's done playing there. We all know that. Everyone knows Deshaun Watson's not playing there. Snap to the Texans. Um, now, just to keep speaking about the Texans here, I believe Davis Mills might be their quarterback next year. He's, I think he's serviceable. He's flashed against the Patriots. Um, he's, he's shown some talent here. And this, this draft class is not really enough to be excited about. Like, they really, it just really isn't. And the Texans might have a top three pick this year. They probably will. Um, and I don't know if the quarterbacks are talented enough to warrant a top three pick this year. I, they really could just go defensive players. Um, the Texans could either move back or get one in the second round if they really feel that way, but Davis Mills was a third-round pick anyway, so why not just keep going with him and just focus on putting up the other positions? And truthfully, what I think will happen is that they will trade the Sean Watson and get a quarterback in return. Now, the other group, before I talk about the free agents and the draftees, is the group of quarterbacks that I call the redemption group. These are guys that everyone believes are washed. Um, they had a horrible year last year. Uh, they just want them out of the league, but for a reason, for circumstances, they, they, they can't get rid of them out of the league. So these guys are, are, are Jared Goff, right? Got traded from the Rams to the Lions. Uh, you had Carson Wentz, who was traded from the Eagles to the Colts. Uh, Sam Darnold, who was traded from the Jets to the Carolina Panthers. Those three guys are all on the redemption group. And then you have Matt Ryan with the Falcons. And you have uh, Jalen Hurts, who for fantasy is fantastic. You've been happy with his fantasy production. But if you watch his games, his NFL play is, is just downright terrible. Um, and I also highlighted on my draft board Daniel Jones. I'm, I think he improved this year. I just don't think he's the guy to lead him to like a playoff run or anything like that. But again, 
this quarterback class isn't really uh, too inspiring. So I think a lot of these teams roll with these players. Uh, one of those reasons, too, is because of draft capital, right? Uh, or not draft capital, excuse me, because of uh, the fit to the salary limit. So just for example, like Matt Ryan, right? If Matt Ryan got cut after this year, the team is going to have a $40 million dead cap hit to their, their team this year, you know, out of their $200 million budget. That's like, that's 20%. I, it's not happening. Like Matt Ryan is going to stick on for another year. And just to keep going on that trend too, uh, you got Carson Wentz, he's due $15 million in dead cap hit. Uh, Sam Darnold is $18 million in dead cap hit. And Derek Goff is due $45 million in dead cap. 31 mil for next year, 14 mil the year after that. So maybe with the 14 mil, you can justify benching him. Um, but it's it's kind of hard to justify benching somebody that's that you're owing that much money to. And just to put it in context, the highest paid quarterback right now in the league that is benched is Nick Foles. And Nick Foles is getting paid $14 million not, not to play. Not to play, like at all. And then they signed Andy Dalton for $10 million for one year. And they have just Justin Fields right now as their rookie quarterback that they're rolling with right now. So they're looking at a rookie quarterback role in front of Nick Foles. So just again, I believe these quarterbacks have to stick around another year. I'm not saying because they're talented enough. I'm saying because they're getting paid too much money not to play. Um, and of course, these teams can try, try to trade them off to someone like the Texans. Uh, but I don't think they're going anywhere. And out of all of those, I, I think Carson Wentz keeps his job. I think he's doing a fine job for the Colts. I think he's actually like a decent quarterback. Um, Jared Goff, no, I think this is his last contract in the NFL. Sam Darnold just got benched this past week, so it's not trending the right way for Sam Darnold either. And then Matt Ryan, after next year, I believe that might be his last year as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So that rounds up my redemption squad talk now. Let me talk about the teams that need quarterbacks. So talking about the Texans, not a great landing spot, right? Like whatever quarterback goes there, it's not you're not excited for it. And they've a first, they've they're the first one out of this group that has the draft pick. So to me, Matt Corral is my number one pick out there. So uh, we could really see Matt Corral go to the Texans. Um and I I don't know, I have to think about that. I think that O line is decent. I mean they got Marcus Cannon on there. And then they have Brandon Cooks tied to that offense. And Nico Collins, who's hurt, but, you know, he was drafted to be an alpha wide receiver this past draft. So, and then you have Denver here. Denver Denver has a really nice receiving court. They're a very complete team. Uh, that O-line took a step forward this year. Mostly the whole team had health issues. But this year they're all, for the most part, staying healthy. Um, except for, you know, Jerry Judy's on IR, but that's fine. They got Tim Patrick. They got K.J. Hamlin. They got Noah Font. That's a sack by receiver court, um, and I, I think it's a really juicy landing spot for for a veteran quarterback or for a, a rookie. Now you got the Steelers here. I think Big Ben is done. Um, they're not going to resign him. I hope they don't for their sake. And then they have the Saints, yeah, and the Packers, who I think will trade Aaron Rodgers, obviously. So our free agent, our notable free agent quarterbacks this year are Teddy B, who I think is doing a decent job for. The Broncos, again, he's not it, but if a team can't secure a quarterback in this draft, I expect Teddy B to be one of the quarterbacks picked up off free agency. And that goes with Fitzmagic, Jameis Winston, and Tyrod Taylor. Now, Jameis Winston, ironically enough, I think he is second to last in pass attempts per game this year in the NFL, which is very um, ironic considering that he was, you know, in Tampa Bay, slinging it, going 30 touchdowns for 30 interceptions on the year. Um, so I think that's all ironic. So I don't know if the Saints keep them. They could. They have plenty of other problems on their team that they really might keep them. But let me just go through this year's draft prospects for me. Like there, there's five that really piqued my interest, and then there's about like two or three late maybes out there. So my top five, not in order because we're not close enough to the draft. But uh, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Malik Willis is our dual threat of the class. You know he he can he's a better arm than Jalen Hurts, but he is. But I think he's just as good as a rush rush, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Carson Strong, who's going to be our pocket passer in the class. And they got Devin Ritter, who I'm a fan of. But the more I look at him, the more I see a little Daniel Jones to his game, uh, which doesn't get me excited. I'm not a Daniel Jones fan. So those are the five guys I'm into. Uh, I also got Spencer Rattler on my draft board. So I got 
I'd leave that off my draft board, that's for sure. And then there's some guys that I think that can slide into um, day two draft capital that I, I am interested in. I, I like Jay Kaner. Um, Jay Kaner from Fresno State, Kenny Pickett from Pitt, and then you got Tanner Mordecai, the Oklahoma transfer playing for SMU, who is uh, – all three of those guys are lighting it up. They look great. Um, and I expect one of those guys to probably take off during, like, the senior bowl or something, get some sort of late hype right before the draft, kind of like similar to what Mac Jones did. Mac Jones considered a second-round guy, like, for almost the entire, like, season. And then, like, the offseason, all of a sudden it was like, oh, this guy can go top three to San Francisco. So so that's that's a draft class here. And I think Desmond Ritter would be a great fit, for example, for, for the Steelers. He has to be able to throw it deep. He's not very accurate, but – you know, he could throw it to Chase Claypool, who's just a physical and dominant and fast player. Um, but he's pretty good underneath. And then he has some legs to extend the play, too. So I, I like Desmond Ritter for the Steelers. They don't have a top-end pick either. I don't think they burn it on him. But I could see him going in the second round to them. I like I like Matt Corral. I mean, Denver is a great landing spot. I like Carson Strong to go there. Because they have such a developed receiver core, that Carson Strong – behind an, uh, an upgraded O-line they've had already, uh, can just sit there and throw balls to players. And it doesn't mean to like, have it beyond the money, because Jerry Dewey can adjust for it, Cortland Sutton can adjust for it. I just, that team needs a passer, and, and Carson Carson might be the best passer in this class. And then you have Matt Corral, who I expect to be the first quarterback off the board, and I expect him to go top 10 in the scrap overall. So I don't think he's dropping past there. So... And out of these teams that need quarterbacks, that's going to drop from the probably the top ten, the Texans, sure. Um, and that's, that might really be it, you know. The Steelers, maybe. Steelers, the Steelers might drop into the top ten picks overall here. So, those are my quarterbacks here. Desmond Ritter's got the prototypical size and the legs. I think Matt Corral is the best overall prospect. Sam, Sam Howell. Last episode, I comped to Baker Mayfield. No one's excited about Baker Mayfield. Um, and ironically enough, I think he goes to a team that develops the run-first uh, mentality. And that might really be the Saints um, if they can get him. Because the Saints have an issue. With, like They don't really have a reliable wide receiver court. They got, they got Marquise Callaway playing right now. But that's the guy. That's about it. It's him and Alvin Kamara. So the Saints could really be due for a an offensive overall. And Alvin Kamara's not getting any under. Like, I mean, Alvin Kamara's fine for this year. I don't know about next or the year after that, but he is he, he's getting towards the end of that peak age. I, I know everyone's been saying that about Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's an absolute animal. He just keeps going and does not slow down. Um, and it's not that these, these redemption teams can't pick up a quarterback early to develop underneath a vet which I do think is smart for these underdeveloped guys. So not like Matt Cross and how I think those will probably be the first two guys off the board because they're more the more refined prospects. Um, but I, I can see these other guys go to these teams too to, to sit that one year behind the vet and then take over, you know, mid-season, end of season. And then they can, you know, cut the dead weight here. Um, but the Lions don't have, like, you know, they don't have an established wide receiver core either, just like the Saints. So anyway, we have – four teams that don't have any start on his contract. And then we have another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that have one under contract, but are probably out there shopping for quarterbacks come the off season, come the draft. Um, yeah. So it's just food for thought here. There, and there's some really nice juicy landing spots here. Uh, so some of these like mid round guys, I'm talking about like, you know, teams that take teams that take the leap of faith on third round quarterbacks, I'm hoping are going to be Jake Hanner, Tanner Mordecai, and Kenny Pickett, um, to name a few. Some of these like late round quarterbacks could absolutely be be gold and be steals. Uh, Dak Prescott was a third round quarterback, I believe. Um, Tom Brady was a six round quarterback. Drew Brees was a second round quarterback. There's some really good landing spots here that I can see some mid to late quarterbacks actually hitting, which we haven't seen lately. Actually, I can't I can't tell you the last late to mid-round quarterback to hit. It might have been Dak Prescott, honestly, um, outside the first round. But I, I think I think because of scarcity of the position, more teams might take their shot, and one or two of these guys are going to work out. And I think that would be very exciting. 
Uh, now, I'm going to move on to running backs here. So teams with no running backs are under contract. So I, I'm not saying, like, for example, the Seahawks, right? Carson, Chris Carson is hurt. We don't know his future for this season. I've heard rumors that he's not going to come back for the rest of the season. He still has a two-year contract, though, right? So he's under contract for next year. It's not that it's a lot of dead cap hit. I'm just saying that these teams don't have a starting running back under contract next year. Or, you know, they need one. And that's going to be the Texans, who have a very old, very veteran squad. They can absolutely resign a few of them, sure. But they don't have a running game. The Jets don't have a running game. I know they got Michael Carter. Michael Carter was a fourth-round draft pick. So was Michael P. Ryan the year before that. They got Tevin Coleman. It's just a mess. Um, the Falcons, right, they signed Cordell Patterson super late, who's working out fantastic. Um, and they can absolutely re-sign Cordell Patterson for another year. They believe in him. I mean, he's, he's past the age. He's over 30. And if his production is fine with them then, and they can focus on that defense, which I think they need to focus on that defense, then that's fine. And um, the Arizona Cardinals, who actually don't have any under contract, because you have Chase Edmonds, who's a free agent, and James Conner, who's a free agent. And those and, and the noble free agents for running backs this year are Chase Edmonds, James Conner, both the Cardinal running backs, Melvin Gordon, who's going to get replaced by Javante Williams, um, and you have Leonard Fournette for the Bucks, And I didn't actually not list them off as needing a running back. So that's interesting because I did not highlight that. Okay. So the Bucks need a new running back too. Now the Bucks are a great, a great team. I mean, they're, they're going to, they're Super Bowl contenders, obviously. The Cardinals are an emerging offense. The Falcons need to figure it out. I'm not really sure where they are on that. Um, the Dolphins took a step back, even though, Pretty much the industry was pretty pretty hopeful and taking a step forward. Um, the Jets, again, same. They took a step back this year, and the Texans took a step back this year. So the juicy landing spots for running backs this year are the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, and that's that's that might really be it um, as far as like, the best landing spots are. And the top running backs this year are Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall. Brees Hall used to be a Heisman candidate last year. Um, Again, it's not like a top-heavy class, right? So so my top running backs for this class, it's it's Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall. Like, they're locked in. They are not moving from those two spots, probably, like, barring some super big injury. I like Tyler Algier's skill set. Um, he's not finding a lot of success this year. Again, it's a brand-new offense, except for he's the only returner. So that's not exactly a positive sign. Rashad White, who put on some weight, I think he's put on a little bit more, but he, he's, he's still showing out. Um, Zach Charbonneau is a power back. He looks good. Uh, I have Chris Rodriguez out here from the, from the oh, excuse me. I went to school there, University of Kentucky. Um, I like him as a better prospect than Benny Snow. Benny Snow won the fourth last year. I think he can find an early down role in the committee. So uh, those are my top guys here. It's, yeah. Kevin Harris from from South Carolina hasn't done anything this year. I, I like Tyler Batty. He's a bit undersized. Kenneth Walker, who who's has who's in the Heisman race, he's also undersized. He doesn't really have a catching profile either. Like you watch him, he's very fast, very shifty, but he's like five eight, two hundred flat, um, and that's that's small. I mean, like, that's like just to compare size. Like that's like Michael Carter small, um, and these holes he's running through aren't going to be that big at the NFL level. So as far as like the ability to be a workhorse, you're looking at Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Tyler Algier, Rashad White, Zach Charbonneau, Chris Rodriguez, uh, and and that's really it. These other guys don't have a production profile big enough. Uh, Jerome Ford, Sonovan Knight, Kevin Harris, I, I like them a lot. Jerome Ford's got got I think he's got no lateral agility. I don't think he has enough of a receiving profile. I don't know. So you're looking at you're looking at like six guys that have workhorse ability. And again, draft capital is going to dictate a lot of this for us. But just again, to go over these landing spots of potential places that need running backs are the Texans, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals. So Cardinals, Bucks, very juicy landing spots. 
So it's going to be very interesting where some of these running backs go. And these free agent running backs, too, because Melvin Gordon can land on one of these teams. He can give you nice, nice uh, fantasy value for another year, another year or two. You know, he's getting up there in age, but, you know, he's still hey, – people want to – I saw Kyle Gates complain about, oh, like, name one thing worse than Javante and, and Melvin Gordon splitting carries. First off, they, they're both performing fine. Like, no one's really outperforming the other. Like, yeah, we all want – the, the young, new, shiny toy of Javante Williams to take over and just, you know, blow us away with his skill. But Melvin Gordon is producing almost the exact same as he is. So, you know, no rush for me there. Um, now, for some of you guys thinking about, like, oh, well, the Bills need a running back. I mean, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are still on a new contract, and their RB1 for me is and always will be Josh Allen. I mean, he takes the ball out there plenty. Uh, I'm trying to think about some other names out here. The 49ers, right? Trey Sermon is a wash. Sure. Um, they seem to be favoring speed in the running backs the last few years. Raheem Mostert, very fast. Matthew Breida, very fast. Um, Elijah Mitchell was very fast. Uh, so I, I actually think I like Jerome Ford to go to the 49ers. I don't think Jerome Ford's going to be a, a workhorse. Um, but, you know, uh, Jeff Wilson leaves this committee next year, is, and Raheem Moser is done after this year. So it's really just Trey Sermon, who they clearly don't want anything to do with anymore. Eliza Mitchell, and I'm not really sure if Jermichael Hasey's on a one year or not, but the, the 49ers, uh, if they don't want to roll with Eliza Mitchell, I, I could totally see a, another committee here throwing in Jerome Ford, another, another speedster in there. Uh, the, um, yeah. Gibson, JT, the Patriots are always in the committee. They're losing James White. I can see them grabbing a pass catching back, maybe someone with protection skills. Honestly, I think Kyron Williams fits that profile really well. He was a very hyped-up option in the offseason. He is also undersized to be a workhorse. He is – I can't remember his height, but I know – I think I want to say he's like five foot eight, 195, right? And, and to be a workhorse for me and Jake, that weight has to be uh, like around the 215-plus mark. 210 is fine, but 215 is is the way that we like our running backs to be at. So if, if you're under 200, like there's no way, unless your name is Christian McCaffrey, there is no way that you're a workhorse running back. Um, I think Tyron Williams could fit there because he pass blocks too, and he can catch balls. So I think that would be a really great fit. Um, the Jets, you need an early down back. Now I talked about Zach Charbonneau and Chris Rodriguez. I think those guys are really great fits for the Jets. Um, Michael Carter, Michael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman, you know, whatever. Those guys can catch passes all they want. That's fine. But they need that big boy with that speed, that weight, that power and strength to just run through players, push the pile, because they don't have that. If they get the ball on the one, it's very hard for that team to push that extra yard into the end zone. And that's what Zach Charbonneau does really well. Um, I think Chris Rodriguez offers a little more in the passing game than Zach Charbonneau does, but th those are my options there for that team. Now, the Texans, I think the Texans need a lot of stuff. I think the receiver core is better than people give them credit for. Um, and I think that team is also better ran than their, their uh, give credit for. The, the Texans and the Lions have done better than we thought they would this year. The Lions are, yeah, the Lions are 0-7, I think. Uh, and I've watched all their games. They're close. I mean, it was like 19-17 against the Rams or for a while. They scored touchdown again. They lost by a 66-yard field goal to the Ravens. They they get close, man. Like these teams are well coached um, for being so outclassed and, and talked down upon. Uh, that yeah, these teams are close. Anyway, sorry. Let me just go back to the Texans. Um, they can use anything here. I, I would like to see them. Maybe I would like to see them take Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, I, I, a full-on workhorse that they can build the offense around. Uh, they'll keep Davis Mills for the year because the quarterback class isn't that great. They they go. I don't know, David. They go. Um, Gosh, the defensive edge from Oregon, Thibodeau. They go Thibodeau for defense on their first round picks. You know, someone, someone high end like that, and then they <clears throat> focus on running back in the second round, and that's what they build around. So Davis Mills can be their quarterback. They can build around that. They got Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins for deep threats, um, and I like that a lot. So I, I would like that fit a lot. I would like to see a Breeze Hall or a Isaiah Spiller on that team and that, that they can focus around. Um, the Eagles, too. So I didn't have them marked down initially for this, but they just lost Miles Sanders um, to an injury. Miles Sanders 
hasn't looked good over the years to me. I don't think Jalen Hurts looks good. Like my, like Jalen Hurts is not helping his stock. Um, and I think the Eagles should really go into a rebuild. They, Jalen Hurts is clearly not a good NFL quarterback. Great fantasy quarterback. Clearly not good enough for the NFL long term. And he's a dual threat quarterback. And dual threat quarterbacks don't help out the fantasy value of their pieces around them. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, so players that, man, I don't really know. All I'm saying is they can be in a market for one, two. They spent a fifth on Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Boston Scott clearly isn't it. Uh, Miles Sanders still needs contracts, but I, I could see them move on to another piece here if they really wanted to. Um, other teams that can move on to players, too, like the Giants, they have Saquon for one more year. The Patriots have King and Harris for one more year. I know they just picked up from Andre Stevenson. I got it, but they're a constant revolving door of running backs. Uh, I don't really know, man. So that, that's really about it for running backs for me. I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, the Chargers might be in the close to another running back. Whatever. So that concludes my running back team needs. Let's go on to wide receivers here. I'm going to focus on slot wide receivers here because there, there's not a lot. Um, last year's class was heavy on slot receivers. Like, just think about it. Last year's 2021 rookie class, like who, who are the guys that can operate out of the X slot? Um, Jamar Chase, uh, Nico Collins. And I think that's it. Devontae Smith is a slot guy. Jalen Waddle is a slot guy with that speed. Both the Moors are very obviously slot guys. Um, Amon Ross and Brown, slot. Kadarius Coney, slot. So last year's class was very slot receiver oriented. And slot receivers are, are great for, like, real NFL purposes. Now, for fantasy points, the top slot receiver last year was Keenan Allen, which, you know, if you had Keenan Allen on your fantasy team, you were super excited. You were very happy with the production. You got wide receiver one numbers. Now, the – I got to pull out some notes here. So I'm just going to keep talking about the slot guys. Um these slots for these other teams, though, you know, you got Hollywood Brown, Stefan Diggs operates mostly out of the slot, but you can be moved around. Cole Beasley there, too. Um, Cooper Cup. So, oh, I'm going to make this. Okay, so just, I'm going back to slot, about slot receiver production. The top five slot receivers last year, Keenan Allen was great. Russell Gage was also a top slot receiver in targets last year. He finished as like wide receiver like 40 something. Danny Amendola was also in that picture too. And he he didn't, I mean, who was excited? No one started at Danny Amendola last year. No one was excited about that. He had Matthew Stafford throwing to him. Um, I know Cooper Cup's in that list, and Cooper Cup was, I think, number two behind Keenan Allen. But besides like the top three slot receivers, no one's very excited about that production. That's why we want to emphasize like you want the top guys okay i got the numbers now sorry guys i got the numbers number one is keenan Allen. number two was tyler was cooper cup number three was tyler boyd who was a wide receiver three last year wide receiver two until joe burrow got hurt i get it um but number five was russell gage so like in, in i think russell gage ended up wide receiver 40 on the dot yeah, i mean you weren't excited about that he took off the last like four games of the season but besides that you weren't excited about that number six keelan cole Keelan, uh, like no one's starting Keelan Cole this year. Number seven, Greg Ward. Greg Ward of the Eagles was number seven for slot receiving targets. And number eight was Danny Amendola for slot receiving targets. So out of guys out of the slot that operate primarily out of the slot, the only three you were really excited about are uh, Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, can't, you, know, you know what I'm saying. You get it. Slot receivers are great for the NFL. We love to say floor, but that ceiling is very capped, and only the top three are what we're interested in. So, again, these are the two slot receiver options this year that are open. And also, this is why I wasn't excited about, like, Devontae Smith coming out. I, I'm just not. I'm mean, dual-threat quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Like, you know, I didn't like how he threw last year. I don't like how he threw this year. And then, again, like, he has to be that Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd level which I think he can get there, but I'm not betting on it. So the Saints, their slot guy right now is Marquise Callaway um, and Deontay Harris. 
not excited. You know, like there's there's they need a slot guy, uh, and the Packers who have never had a wide receiver too. As a matter of fact, the wide receiver core is absolutely blank this year. Now let me just talk about the free agents for wide receiver that are available for teams to pick up. You're looking at Cortland Sutton, who's an X, Devontae Adams, who's an X wide receiver, Allen Robinson, who's an X wide receiver, Chris Godwin, who is great, who I also didn't mention on slot receivers because he was hurt most of last year. He probably would have, you know, been number three or number two on that list, but he he's he's fantastic. Uh Will Fuller, who's an X, I know he's hurt, and then there's the PEDs and you know, everyone hates Will Fuller. I, I don't know if you could trade him. You can probably trade him for like, you can probably get him from a third round draft pick, I, I bet. Um Juju Smith Schuster, who's hurt right now. Uh Mike Williams is a free agent, he's an X wide receiver. DJ Chark, who's an X wide receiver. So these are the free agents that I'm interested in. Um I'm probably not paying up for DJ Chark. I'm sorry, I'm not a believer. Mike Williams, I believe, probably gets re-signed to the Chargers. He looks he looks fantastic. Um, but these other guys, the door's open. Like, there's no way Devontae Abs is going back to Green Bay. Cortland Sutton. I don't know. I don't know where he goes. I don't know if they re-sign him. I don't think he's gonna cost top dollar for a team. So anyway, stuff like that. So as far as the slot goes. You're really looking at the Saints um, and the Packers that really need them. Uh, a top-end slot. I got nothing more to say about slot receivers. I, I guess I'll give you guys my top slot receivers for this class. I can get to my notes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, my slot receivers are Garrett Wilson, um, Chris Olave, Shaquille Khalil Shakir, John Mechie, those are my top slot receivers here. You got some G5 guys, too, and Reggie Robertson, who's not having a great year this year. Uh, Wandale Robinson, uh, Jalen Cropper, Shakari Robertson, and Zay Flowers. Um, again, that's if these guys come out. We'll talk more about those prospects. I've talked about them maybe a month ago, and I'll talk about them a lot more in detail come the NFL draft. Um, now, what I do like for my slot receivers is the ones that have the ability to operate in the slot and out wide. Now, in college, you know, like they can do that. NFL is a little different, but if they can show that in college, I like that a lot. So just for example, um, if you watched Jalen Darden's tape, super electric, very fun to watch. The dude has is super twitchy. He's great. He is super tiny. So obviously he's only operating on the slide. And he's like five, seven. I don't know. I really don't know his height. He is tiny. Um, went in the fourth round to the Bucks. That's fine. Do I think he's fancy relevant? No. But I, I loved his tape, and he only played in the slot in college. So I, I, I like when they can do both because that shows that they can operate different route trees and stuff like that. They can run more than just the slants. They can run more than just, you know, they can run some go routes. They can run some nine routes. They, if they can move around the formation in college, that means that they have more of a versatile skill set than just one-dimensional play, you know, over the middle, taking a slant route, and that's it. So... I'm going to go on to these XY receivers. Now, these XY receivers are the guys that you need to be targeting in your trades and in your drafts, too. Jake in our home league took his stab at, at uh, Chase Claypool. I thought Chase Claypool might convert to tight end. That was, like, some rumors going around, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, Chase Claypool is going to go to tight end. I am so wrong. I was so wrong for that, and I wish I got him in our third round of our rookie draft because that's where Jake got him. Chase Claypool is a big body considered a raw athlete but he has speed and he, since he has that speed he has the ability to separate he just needs the coaching to learn how to separate so the tools were there just needed the coaching and you really can't when they get to the nfl their physical profile isn't really going to change too much it's just not it, it's you know what they got is what they got and that's what they're going to work with now let me go with who needs an alpha wide receiver uh in the nfl the Lions. They're rolling with Khalif Raymond and Tyrell the Gazelle. Like, give me a break. They needed somebody new there. The Jaguars, DJ Tark is a free agent. Um, the Eagles, it doesn't really fit their scheme to have an extra receiver, but they also don't have one either. Um, and they've also sunk two first round picks in the wide receivers in Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager. 
think Jalen Richards not worth the first round pick in the NFL. Um, the Falcons, Julio Jones is gone. They need an X wide receiver. It's just Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's not really a premier big guy. He he is a route runner. Uh, the Bears, right? Allen Robinson's leaving. Uh, so it's just Darnell Mooney, and Darnell Mooney's great, but they still need a number two there or a number one. Is really what it needs because Darnell Mooney's gonna be the number two. The Chiefs. I wrote down the Chiefs. I don't really believe they need next. Uh, clearly, they have Travis Kelsey and they have Tyree Kill. Um, plus, the cap hit from Mahomes. Really big contract is coming up, so they don't really have the money to pay up for an X wide receiver. So they'll have to pay for one on the cheap, just like how the Lions took up like Tyrell, Tyrell Williams. But so, you know, maybe they can pick up Will Fuller for the cheap. Um, but besides that, not really there for the Chiefs to be next. Uh, the Bills need an XY receiver and the Packers do too. Emmanuel Sanders on a one-year contract. He's 34 years old. He looks great. Uh, he, he looks fantastic. Um, but again, they don't have anyone in a contract for the year. Like that's that's kind of my criteria for here. So the Bills need somebody else besides Stephon Diggs. And for the Gabriel Davis truthers out there, like sure, Gabe Davis can operate that position and and he'll have some boom games. But like I, he's not a difference maker. He's not. He won't. He won't be an elite option at the NFL. He'll be a guy that just goes off once in a while. He'll, he'll be a good best ball asset if he becomes the X for the Bills. But that's a, that's about it for his fantasy value for me. And then the Packers. And let me just emphasize this: the Packers need everything. Aaron Rodgers is leaving. He's gone. Just 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 put it in your head as he's not coming back. Devontae Adams is gone. He's he's done. That's his last year. Excuse me. Um, and so they don't have a slot guy. They don't have a deep set. You know, we got Alan Lazard, MVS, uh, Amari Rogers, who I was never in on. They need everything they can get at wide receiver. And so one of these free agents can actually get paid there. Cortland Sutton, Alan Robinson, Chris Godwin, Will Fuller, Judas Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams, DJ Chark. There's a bunch more. I just threw out the, the difference. The ones that have made impacts at some point in time in, in the past like, years. So these, these are where the X's need to go. And these are the X's on my draft board, right? Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks will be the best wide receiver in this class. Like, mark my words. I, I like Garrett Wilson's skill set more, but Traylon Burks not only has the size, he has the speed, he has the physicality. Like, yeah, he might not have – he has good hands, might not be as good as Garrett Wilson. He doesn't have the route running, definitely not at all. But you can't teach that size and speed that Traylon Burks has. And he is going to be my top wide receiver coming out. David Bell, not a physical guy, but he's six foot two, has the speed and has the ability to operate on the outside X, kind of like Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was kind of, you know, he was um he was praised for his physical play in college. And that gives him the ability to operate on the outside. But he's six foot one, right? Two hundred pounds, I believe. So no, he's not the physical you know, specimen that some of these other guys are. But he still has that ability to work out there, and that's why I like David Bell, too, because David Bell also has that size, and he has the tools, I think, to be able to operate on the outside at the NFL level. Um, Drake London, contested catch specialist. We'll talk about contested catch guys is here in a sec. Um, let me see. Got Jalen Tolbert. Who's a G5 receiver for South Alabama? He's six foot three. He he does have the size speed to be dominant on the outside. Well, he needs a little bit more muscle, but you know he's six foot three, two hundred. And I think I think he can put on the extra ten pounds in the off season. Like there's NFL trainers there for a reason. You know it's doable. And then you have uh, you got like Ontario Drummond, Dante Demas, who just had a season-ending injury. So I'm not really sure if those guys get the early round draft capital. Um, you also have Justin Ross and George Pickens. Now, I left those names off at the end because George Pickens hasn't returned back to college football. If George Pickens does not return to college football this year, I don't see a reason why he'd go to the draft. I think he would want to wait to prove that he still has it because not playing in college is not exactly like a good mark, you know, for an injury. He's going to want to prove that he can come back from his injury. And then Justin Ross has just not looked great. Um, the Clemson offense as a whole has not looked great. So those are my like X, Y receivers like that can operate out wide.
Now, I'm going to talk about contested catch wide receivers and why I don't like them. If you look at the top NFL players, right, DK Metcalf, that's a size speed right there, right? Like, that's that's what you want. Michael Thomas has size and speed. Chase Claypool has size and speed. Adam Thielen, stuff like that. These guys do need to be, like, six foot plus and be able to to move fast. I'm not saying they need to have burners like Tyreek Hill, but people like Mike Evans, for example. Mike Evans is the best contested catch receiver in the league. He doesn't get separation. He's six foot five. He's a big ass. He's a big target, just the same way that Drake London is. And that's honestly my comparison with Drake London, that he's Mike Evans. But like, you never want to bet on contested catch guys because these cornerbacks at the next level too are also physical. Like these, I think the cornerbacks are the hardest position at the NFL level because the level they play at, like they take years to develop. They have to get physical. They're reactionary. I mean, you know, they don't want to jump a route and they get beat. So, anyway, size and speed. If if, if there's like a clear cut, like raw athlete, like let's say like Traylon Burks, right? Like he's he's everyone's probably number one, number two. But like let's say like Jalen Tolbert, right? Like he gets that draft capital. He's a, he's an early declare maybe. Um, and he shows out as having size and speed the way Chase Claypool did. He is absolutely worth the flyer of a draft pick, like a second round draft pick to take him because he just needs to land in the right spot. A lot of these teams are operating out of cover protection rather than man protection, um, except for the Patriots and the Saints. Everyone else does, um, what's it called? Does zone, zone coverage, thank you. Zone coverage. They use zone coverage more than 50% of the time, with the exception of the Patriots when they have Stephon Gilmore and then the Saints who have Marshawn Lattimore. So that's that's the area we're moving into. So we want these big targets that can move, and then I'm hoping the coaches can do the rest as far as identifying holes and zones and knowing how to sit and stuff like that. So, yeah, so let me just, let me just go through these real quick. So the Packers need everything. So... You can slap in some contested catch guy, whatever. I don't really care about them this year. I'm not really looking forward to. Um, the Bills. I'm very interested in what receiver goes to the Bills. Uh, Stephon Diggs has had some knee issues here and there. Now, he doesn't miss playing time, which is great. But he's getting older. And I I just think Josh Allen's the truth. Uh, he's improved. His arm looks better. He he looks great. So, of course, if there's an early-round draft capital receiver, even if it's a slot guy, because Colby is getting on his way out, too. I, I want I want I want part of that. You know what I'm saying? I absolutely want part of that. I want to be involved in that. Um, the Chiefs, or let's just go to the Chargers. You know, I know I put down Mike Williams is probably resigning. If if like Traylon Burks goes to the Chiefs, can you imagine Traylon Burks operating with um, Justin Herbert, top five quarterback for the league? You know, like that's that's insane. Um, you know. Jalen Tolbert goes there. I want a part of that. Even if Drake London, who I just talked bad about contested catch receivers, I do that for Drake London too because I really believe in that offense. It's going to be a high-scoring offense. And it's going to be a red zone threat. Like these big guys are red zone threats. Uh, the Bears, yeah, I don't know where they're going. Like yeah, Justin Fields doesn't look good. I know he's a rookie, so I'm not like writing him off, but I'm not excited. You have the Chiefs. Who already have, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. Um, Nico Harmon was a big plus. Everyone's everyone believing in. There's still there's still some truthers out there. Um, but Nico Harmon's not gonna be a, a top twenty four option and he might not even be a top thirty six option ever in his ever in his career. Uh, the Falcons, right? Matt Ryan, we talked about Matt Ryan. I don't think Matt Ryan looks that good this year. Um he's played really well against terrible teams, so we'll see maybe later in the season. He starts clicking with his new offensive coordinator. And, and we'll see who they pick up as, as the guy that operate next to Calvin Ridley, and, and that would be inspiring. Uh, the Dolphins, right? I, I didn't mention the Dolphins here. Devontae Parker has one more year in his contract. Um, I'm not really inspired by Tua either, so I'm good on waiting. Will Fuller is a free agent coming from there. The Patriots, right? People want to comment. I'm going to talk about the Patriots real quick. <clears throat> The Patriots signed two receivers this offseason, plus two tight ends this past offseason. Um, the only one they really had involved in is Jacoby Myers on the team. I'm not really too confident that they sign a new wide receiver now. If you look at mock drafts online, a lot of mock drafts have Chris Olave going to them, which I would love. 
I just don't think it's going to happen. They just paid Aguilar too much money to be in our team, and then they have they have Kendrick Bourne, who's honestly he was one of my favorite wide receiver threes in the league. But that's what he is. He's a wide receiver three. He's not going to be a premier guy. <clears throat> The Eagles, I don't think they're looking at their wide receiver core. They just spent two first-round picks in a row on them. <clears throat> the Jaguars, I hope they get rid of Urban Meyer, but I would love to see a new wide receiver one there. Marvin Jones will have one more year there. Um, Chark might get re-signed for cheap. It's absolutely a possibility. And now the last one's the Lions. If I have Amon Ross and Brown, I'm looking to trade him. Like that's 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 a team that does find some success passing. I mean, look at Khalif Raymond the last two weeks. He's been around like a wide receiver two, I think, two weeks in a row. But I don't think there's a pie big enough there for one pass catcher to be successful in that system. And then Jared Goff shouldn't be there after two years. So now I'm worried about the long-term value of the wide receivers there. I just want the main guy or – I probably don't want either one of them, but if I had one, I don't want the number two guy there. I want the number one guy there. So the number two guy obviously gets pushed out for not getting enough targets. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Um, now, just to go over the drafts again, I've talked about this before for wide receivers. The last three years, we've seen an average of 15 wide receivers go in – the first two days of the draft, so rounds one through three, which is the sweet spot that you want to get in. So 15 guys, like that's that's who you're gonna be calling your shot on, or should be calling your shot on. Like you really shouldn't be going outside of that. The hit rate for guys outside of that, um, like that means round four and after, if you don't count UDFAs. Um, I think there's only been five or six. Anyway, it's just very random. It's hard to predict. So that's why we, we shoot for the guys inside rounds one, two, and three. And then for running back, <clears throat> there's two clear workhorses in this class, and that's Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. And then you have about three or four, like, maybes. And that's that's what you're looking at. Like, I mean, you're calling your shot on these guys. People call their shot on Trey Sermon. They're wrong. Um, I like Kenny Gainwell coming out. He's undersized and not a workhorse back. And he's not being used as one right now in the league. So that was predictable. Um, he fell farther than I thought he would, but still, his usage in the league is exactly what I thought it was going to be. And then Michael Carter, who, you know, people were like, oh, he had more rush yards than Javante Williams. Like, okay, Javante Williams is, is you know, prototypical workhorse size. Michael Carter is like five foot eight, 200. Yeah, that gets it done in college. But again, this is the NFL. Players are bigger, they're more athletic, they're more physical. The level of play is higher, and it does come down to you know size it does size definitely plays a role a lot in the nfl so so yeah anyway so for for your running backs like your 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 workhorses are Bruce Hawes, Ace Miller, and then my possible workhorses are tyler Algier, rashad white zach charbonneau um chris rodriguez and that's really about it uh, you can throw Jerome Ford in there. He doesn't any passing work, though. Zach Sharma has a little passing work. Um, Zonman, I, I don't think, comes out this year because he's just not getting the work. He's not really being productive either. It's, again, just like last year, there's three running backs that people really cared about, and then we hyped up another three. I think that's going to be the same this year. It's going to be three running backs we were like a lot, and we're going to be hyping up another three. But I will say this, this, this wide receiver class is deeper. It's deeper. Um, I like the town a lot more this year. As I said earlier, right, if we look at the who the potential alphas were from last year, Nico Collins and Jamar Chase. You know, I, we've been happy with Waddle so far this year, absolutely. I'm not trying to, like, snuff Waddle's, like, value. But long-term-wise, I'm not excited about Rondo Moore. I'm not. He's never going to overtake DeAndre Hopkins as number one on that team. And I, I want to shoot for guys that might be top top 24, top top 30 options. I think Rondo Moore is going to be a great asset. Elijah Moore, too. They're both really exceptional receivers, but they're going to be operating out of the side. And that's 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 just the truth. That's how it's going to be. 
Devontae Smith, too. He's tied to a poor quarterback who, who's a dual threat quarterback, runs the ball on him by himself, isn't accurate. You know, I'm sorry. I wasn't on Devontae Smith. Still very talented. Uh, once the Eagles upgrade their quarterback play, I can revisit the topic. But um, I don't see – I don't predict a situation where Devontae Smith is relevant outside of them getting a new quarterback. Like, that's just it. So, again, these are just team needs. Let me just – I'm just going to go ahead and brisk over them real quick. The ones that do not have a quarterback under contract for next year are going to be the Texans, Denver, Steelers, Saints, and the Packers. Well, okay, the Packers are going to trade, whatever. The Packers. Now the running backs are going to be the Texans, the Jets, the Dolphins, the, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, and the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sure the Bucks will resign Leonard Fournette, but, you know, as of right now, he is not signed for them for next year. Slot wide receivers. Really looking at the Saints and the Packers. Now, the ones that don't have any alpha X wide receivers out there are the Lions, Jaguars, Eagles, uh, Dolphins, the Falcons, the Bears, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bills, and the Packers. And and there's a lot of notable like free agent. There's, there's a lot of notable free agent X wide receivers out there. You got, you got Corlin Sutton, you got Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, uh, Will Fuller's a deep threat guy, uh, Mike Williams, DJ Chark. Like, the, it's going to be an exciting year in the offseason. A lot more exciting than this past year, that's for sure. Um, just keep your eye out. We're getting to that point where you should understand if you're a rebuild or not, and I want you to know where the value in this draft is, and I think we're going to have some nice values in the late second for wide receiver. Unlike this last year, where it was just like, you know, top 10 picks were, were fun, top 15 maybe, um, but outside of that, very uninspiring, very un unexciting. Um, but there's a lot more talent coming out this year a lot more depth not top end talent but talent overall all right guys that's it for today for my debut friday that's being posted on a monday uh thank you for joining me um please leave us a rating on apple podcast we can do better we can do a little better on our time management huh but um no but seriously let, let, let us know some feedback we really appreciate it uh you guys just stay safe all right